We're finding our way into the world of the parables today in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus speaking to his inner circle of disciples and a crowd gathering that's grown so large that Jesus has to borrow a fishing boat, push out into the water so that he can speak at the crowds that surround him in this amphitheater-like hillside. I always like to remind us when we get into the parables that parable, the word is derived from a Greek word called parabolai, which means to throw alongside, to throw alongside. This is not carefully placing or strategically aligning. This is throwing alongside. I'll clean those later, I promise. So these stories are, you know, not neat and tidy little moral tales. Not conventional wisdom. These are stories and funny tales that seem to be thrown alongside the lives of the hearers. And Jesus is trying to work in secretive and even mysterious ways, he says. And for us who hear these parables thousands of years later, the good news is that Jesus longs to bring something to life that maybe has never been brought to life before as this story again is scattered alongside of our lives. In 2020, we never know what might rise up with these parables because you and I are not the same people in the same environments that we were in last time we heard this story. And that's why this life of listening to Jesus can be so dynamic, yet mysterious, full of variables, new risks, new ways to walk by faith and trust. And so we're privy to this conversation that Jesus is having with his inner circle of disciples. They ask, why do you speak in parables? Jesus answers, this is how I talk of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on to say that not all will get it. But he encourages his disciples. And hopefully this is an encouraging word to us. He says, but you get it. And he offers yet another beatitude in the gospel of Matthew. This time he says, blessed are your eyes, for they see. Blessed are your ears, for they hear. And so as we live into the world of today's parable, we enter in with this blessing straight from the heart and the mouth of Jesus. Blessed are your eyes, for they see. Blessed are your ears they hear. So I want us with blessed ears to listen. And I'm going to read this story, a portion of this story, a, a couple more times. 
And so I want us to posture ourselves as listeners. Blessed ears, listen. I'm reading a slightly different translation for these two readings, just to help stir up your imaginations maybe a little better. Listen, the sower went out to sow. And while he was sowing, some seeds fell along the footpath. And the birds came and gobbled them up. Other seeds fell on top of the rocky soil, where there was not much earth. And immediately they sprang up, because they did not have deep earth. And when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they did not have any roots, they withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up with them and choked them. But other seed fell right on top of the earth, the good earth. And they were regularly bearing fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Let the person who has ears to hear listen. going to read that one more time, but this time I want you to listen in a way where I hope that you will come out of the second reading with maybe a word or just three words to a phrase that catch your attention. And so hear with blessed ears and, and try to hear for a life-giving word. Not a word that wags its finger at you or obligates you to do more or makes you feel ashamed. But remember, Jesus has already blessed us, saying, Blessed are your eyes, for they see. Blessed are your ears, for they hear. So I want us to listen with blessed ears. Listen as beloved daughters. Listen as beloved sons. And hear for a life-giving word or a life-giving phrase. Maybe even this time it might be helpful if you close your eyes as you listen. Maybe decrease the distractions that might be around you in this moment. I'm going to give 10 seconds for you to simply breathe. Perhaps close your eyes and listen. Listen, the sower went out to sow, and while he was sowing, some seed fell along the footpath, and the birds came and gobbled them up. Other seed fell on top of the rocky soil, where there was not much earth, and immediately they sprang up, because they did not have deep earth. And when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they did not have any roots, they withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up with them and choked them. 
but other seed fell right on top of the earth, the good earth, and they were regularly bearing fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Let the person who has ears to hear listen. So do you have your word or your phrase? If you do, I would encourage you to even maybe take a moment or a few seconds to put it in the YouTube chat to the right of your screen if you're watching live right now. What's that word or phrase that you want to nurture this morning in our good earth hearts? That was my phrase this past week that I've been holding and nurturing, good earth. Now we jump ahead in today's story and Jesus interprets the parable. He doesn't always do this for his disciples, but in a couple of parable instances, he then goes on to interpret the parable. And this time he tells of warning and for first century hearers and for us, these warnings are timeless. Jesus says that there are forces in the world and the universe that are in play and that they perpetually seek to rob us or distract us from the voice of God. We get pushed or pulled away from the word of the Lord, from those ways where Jesus wants to offer life and nurture and fruitfulness. So Jesus warns of three ways of the world, or three unfruitful soils. These might help us newly or further appreciate the good soil that we're on. The first soil he talks about is the soil of the pedestrians and the predators. The footpath upon which many trod, and many are obsessing or many are focused on current threats. And Jesus implies that the little and humble work of Christ is devoured and snatched away by the evil one because of darkness or scarcity or fear. The seeds get snatched away. I was thinking about uh, my years in California in the early 90s and um, the birds that would snatch away my hot dog buns when I was at Huntington Beach. Those dang seagulls, they're so tricky. It would just, you, you turn your head for a section, second, raptured by the waves, and the next thing you know, your Wonder Dog hot dog buns were just flying <laughs> through, through the beach in the air. The current events or the current obsessions overwhelm us and our seeds are devoured. The second soil is the soil of the celebrity or the sensationalists. The beautiful and the charismatic receive the seed and they see what they can conjure out of it. It, It's flashy, it's initially impressive, but it's shallow. And at the first sight of hardship or being pressed by questions of clarity or 
loyalty or steadfastness, we see the green sprigs get sizzled and scorched by the burning sun. This soil of celebrity and sensationalism. I was thinking again about my my younger years. And uh, in the 80s and 90s, we were so excited when MC Hammer said he was a Christian. And all us 80s, 90s Christians were like, hurrah, hurrah. The one who um, told us you can't touch this is now singing about praying and being a child of God. And we have our other versions of that as the years and the decades go on. But for first century hearers, they might have imagined a plant that was quickly sprouting in a thin layer of damp soil. But under that damp soil was this impenetrable foundation of limestone. And so, of course, the sun shines, the wind blows, but the plant shrivels and tumbles away. The third soil is the soil of the pressing and prosperous. The seeds germinate and begin their growth with zeal and energy, but the thorns of anxious toil, the thorns of ambitious acquiring, choke out the little work of the least of these. The faithful work of the poor in spirit, the humble work of the meek and the mild, gets intimidated and overrun by the lifestyles of rich and the powerful. So Jesus is warning us that these words or phrases or pieces of the story that we're trying to nurture in our heart are under pressure. It's under heat. Um, the, The seeds are being undermined. And we're warned to recognize the forces that seek to append us. So we guard our hearts and our minds and our bodies and souls, and we do this together as a community of faith. We work against those things that might clutter or push out, those things that might dazzle or distract, the things that might oppress us or squeeze the life right out of us. And we need to come back to Jesus' good promises, good earth promises. We are good soil. Remember, we are good earth. Come one, come all, be a part of good soil Baptist church. We're scattered right now, but we're also still trying and seeking ways to be together as a community of faith, a community where we believe we are good soil, good earth, where the master farmer, the extravagant seed sower, longs to bear fruit in us that, 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 that beats the national average. I was reading this past week about Palestinian seed growing, and, and supposedly the average yield for a uh, an individual grain in that first century would have been 35 to 1. So it's intriguing and interesting that Jesus quotes 30-fold or 60-fold or 100-fold. What's he getting at? seems like he's getting at more secrets of the kingdom for how this life and this way and this love that we follow in the heart of Jesus 
is welcomed into the lives of hearers, and then it grows. And it grows in a way that exceeds our natural inclinations and maybe the natural boundaries of our imaginations. We bear fruit, yes, but God is in control of the economy and the outcome and the way it plays out. So with your little word or seedling or phrase in your heart and your imagination, let's continue to pray that the Spirit might empower us. It's not a matter of you and I trying harder to make this seed grow and bear its 30 or 60 or 100-fold blessing. God will do the work in us. God will accomplish in us and through us according to his economy not ours. And so today's story is thrown alongside our lives. And in the hours and days ahead, we get to bear fruit. We get to spring forth. We cannot hinder this work that God is doing through us. God's loving us. He's blessing us. He's upholding us in good and nurturing hands. I think of the prophetic words of Isaiah that echo Jesus' heart here. Isaiah says, I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself so that they might declare my praise. The underdogs will prosper. The reckless and ridiculous sower of the seeds will win, and the meek shall inherit the earth. Our extravagant God is scattering seeds on the good earth of our hearts today. So might we allow the living word in the presence of Christ to be taken into our ears and the soil of our lives. Through grace, through the Spirit's breath, through the faithful watering from the river of life. As we continue to listen today, as we nurture that seed, that word or that phrase that's in our hearts, I'm going to close with a reading from Jan Richardson. Some of us were in a Zoom meeting this week where Amanda Strange shared with us Jan Richardson's blog called The Painted Prayer Book. And this is one of the prayers that ties in well with today's parable. And it'll be posted on the screen, perhaps with this prayer in one hand and that word or phrase in the other as you continue on into this week. May Jesus continue to grow and bear good fruit in us. Let's read and pray this blessing together. Tug at this blessing and you will find it is a thing with roots. This is a blessing that has gone deep into good soil, into the sacred dark, into the luminous hidden. It has been months since the ground gathered the seed of this blessing into itself, years since the earth enfolded it, 
Sometimes that's how long a blessing takes. And the fact that this blessing should finally show its first fruits on the day you happen by. Well, perhaps we shall simply call the timing of this ripening a mystery and a sweet grace. Take all you want of this blessing. Take every morsel that you need for the path ahead. Let its fruits fall into your hands. Gather them into the basket of your arms. Let this blessing be one place where you are willing to receive in unmeasured portions. To lay aside for a moment the way you ration your delights. Let yourself accept its inexplicable plenitude. Allow it to give itself to sustain you. Not simply for yourself, though on this bright day I might be persuaded to think that would be enough, but that you may gather its seeds into yourself, like the ground where this blessing began. And wait with the patience of seasons and of years to bear forth in the fullness of time a stunning harvest, a plenteous feast.